Hi, I'm Patrick Pond, CEO and founder of Fabro, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to this show is that Fabro customers are some of the most innovative companies in the world. Enterprises wanting to be more agile, software as a service companies scaling fast, and game developers and publishers wanting to master live ops. So we get to know some truly inspiring leaders in product development, marketing, operations, sales, executive management. And what we do here is that we interview them about leadership so we can all learn from them. Let's go. And we are live with uh, with Tice. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, um, there's a little talk right now about monetization and how things are, are changing in the industry. Um, and you're definitely the right person to, to speak about that. But um, you know, for the ones that uh, that don't know you already, I mean, maybe we can start by, you know, just um, you know, hearing a little bit, kind of like you know, your your story, you know, leading up to to what you're doing today. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, you're right. There's a lot of things that are changing. I'll, I'll look forward to get back to that. And a little bit about myself is that actually, if you asked me like 20 years ago if I've been sitting here today talking about monetization games, I would have no idea. Uh, back then, I didn't even think about. I was in like early 20s. I didn't even think that games were like something that would be made. It was more like, you know, remember back in the Amiga days, it was still, you know, like five people on the credits list. So I, I actually stumbled into games accidentally. I have a master's degree in law. I spent a few years in the Danish army as well. So I was on a very different track. But then, as complete coincidence, I stumbled upon games. I'm super happy I I did. And, and I haven't looked back since this has been my my background. So I, I joined a company called Deadline Games. Um, started out as the, uh, I would say, the, the most entry of levels, which is the play tester. So not even technical tester, but simply just playing the game for fun. And uh, so, so fun, a lot of those guys still still around and still making games. And then I moved into production there as a producer. Did work some things on, um, yeah, I worked there for a couple of years, did a bit of indie game development, found out that I was more interested in, in the mainstream Um so we joined IO Interactive, worked on Hitman again as a producer, and then uh, thought I would try the new mobile web thing, and uh, joined a company called Movie Star Planet as a chief product officer. Had a short stint outside of games, and then came here. That's a quick sort of backstory, but the point is, I'm not I'm not a tech guy, I'm not a game designer, and I'm not I'm not just you know how to say you're you're maybe typical game guy. I remember. If, just coming into the industry, feeling very alienated by all the guys that I met who were, you know, uh, making demos on their old Amigas still back in the day, and they were going to land parties. I never been to a land party; I didn't know what it was. It's like that's a weird party. I had to look it up. Like, what's a land party? And uh, also, just you know, had not having played all the games that they talk about. And I think one of my points is when we talk about not talk about diversity these days, that it's also about taking people from outside of the industry that just have a completely different perspective. And one of the things that I really enjoyed was just building experiences. So I did that with other things and I did with, I made music videos as producer and I, you know, worked on short films and just organized concerts even, and just did a lot of events and things that I thought was fun. And I think that brought me to, to multi-description actually, which, which sort of or led to that, you could say, which we founded in, a bit over four years ago, together with uh, Martin Malfis, who is uh, world famous in Sweden, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, he, everyone knows him. He's one of the main guys in the Swedish games industry, but also very, very established outside. 
He founded a massive uh, many, many years ago and has been just like, instrumental in building the Swedish games industry. And I was very lucky to meet him again, total serendipity. And uh, we, we started Multiscription. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because he's the typical game developer, like, you know, the bedroom coder um, who, who builds stuff in, in, literally in his bedroom from he was like teenager. And, and he has such a focus on, on the games and the game developers and, you know, making, making great industry for them. Where I think my, my side of the coin is then actually the users, the user experience, um, and, and thinking about it from their angle. And I think that's why I'm here today actually talking about the monetization, because the monetization is really the user input, because they get, they get how to say, prompted with this every day, well, through an ad or having to um, pay in a purchase or, or a subscription, of course, now. So I think that's, that's sort of, that's how we work it in multi-description, our, our company. And that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of what my interest is. Why, why do people pay for the things they do and what should you offer them to, to give them something worth paying for? Um, we have we have to get back to uh, to the description and also the the specific problems that that the company is solving. But maybe we can uh, just zoom out a little bit first and 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 if you could give kind of your take on how monetization has been has been changing. Um, you know, just so we have that kind of you know meta view of you know the the, the changing landscape. Yeah, and you're, I think the first point I said before is that it's changing. Like you can never. Uh, that's what's so interesting about it is is it's changing. You have to change. And, and people are actually expecting you to change. I think we've gone from, you know, the, um, the $1 mobile game, which was, again, a reaction to the, to the, to the more expensive mobile game, to the free-to-play game. And that, that happened, and, I mean, it, it took some time, but it was also pretty, pretty fast, actually. And, uh, and I think now mobile the free to play on mobile is the established uh, monetization model it's so more and more so on 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 pc console actually so um so that that has changed but that change happened around 2012 um there were some interesting releases back then it was you know subway servers clash of plans and i think it was candy crush as well all came out not the first free to play games but definitely those that that took it to the next step with microtransaction and ads. So now we've had 10 years of that, but over the last couple of years, we've seen the movement away from that into a different model. Uh, we've seen the battle passes and battle passes uh, cousin, I would say the subscription, because they, they share a lot of the same mechanics underneath. The battle pass is basically a non-recurring subscription, you could say it's, um, it's a one-off subscription um, because it has the same kind of values and, and methods and uh, mechanics in it so what i what I, where i think we are now and um and this could i mean if someone watches this two or three years from today it it, it might have changed right because of regulations or other things but i think that where we are now is at a trinity of, of mobile game monetization which means that when you're when you're when you're monetizing a game it has to stand on three legs it has to stand on ads still need ads um it has to have in-app purchase, so those who really want to spend in your game can spend deep into your game. And then a subscription, uh, preferably a Battle Pass style subscription, that gives you Battle Pass style of uh, benefits. Those three, I think you should, um, that's, that's sort of the best practice um, today. There's, um, there's a few things that I might confusing it a bit. 
um, which is the uh, which is the the entry of uh, of Apple Arcade and Netflix, uh, which I think are uh, and to some extent Google Play Pass as well. I think they're really really interesting. Um, I think it's a um, it's a good offer for the consumers. I mean, it's a ridiculously low price point for uh, for Apple Arcade uh, and for um, for Netflix. I mean, it's already included. You know, you get it for free and so. I think it's confusing the landscape a bit because it's not really a new way of monetizing games, although they are not coin subscription services. But Apple is a publisher. Like they're publishing their game and you get a cut and you I mean you get some upfront payment, you get a cut. Um if your game does well. And so is Netflix. Netflix is a publisher. Or or they even own games now, right? They they own game companies. So that's not really a new business model as much as it's publishers who are Integrating the new business model or taking it on and um, and making it theirs. I don't know. I don't know if that makes uh, makes sense. Um, what, what the other factors are playing in here? I mean, what, one thing I'm thinking about specifically is um, it's been harder uh, to succeed with you know performance marketing, um, you know, as as a way to um, uh, to to acquire you know players. Now, how how does that play into kind of monetization? Because I mean, you know, you you. You typically, like, if I look at this from kind of a you know, business point of view, you know, when I look at kind of, you know, what's your, you know, customer acquisition costs, you know, um, what's your, you know, recouping on certain campaigns, um, and and if, you know, the abilities to do good performance marketing are changes, that is, of course, you know, messing a lot with, with that kind of go-to-market model. Yeah, and you're, you're totally right. And a lot of things are, are happening. I mean, it's a whole long talk in itself, and I don't claim to be the ads experts as such, but of course the tracking that you say is an issue for people. But things are happening so fast right now, and, and then people are trying to circumvent it. I heard someone in a call the other day called it whack-a-mole, right? Because they, you know, Apple is playing whack-a-mole with all the ways that people are trying to circumvent the tracking. So it is changing, and I would say the the finely tuned buy low, sell high model of of ads that we've seen, especially hyper casual. Uh, which was very impressive in itself, very impressive machine they built, um, is broken. And and you you can't do that anymore. And they just say you can't attribute the spending or the campaign to what you're selling. But but maybe then that's a that's a chance to go back to old fashioned salesmanship. Like if someone comes into a store, you can't necessarily see where that how that person saw your store, right? They don't, you know, did they see an ad on the paper? Did they just did they just walk by? Did they hear about it from friends? Do you have to talk about how can you then uh, attract it? And you still do the other things, trying to sort out the attribution. It's not that, but maybe look at then on the supply side. You would say, like, what am I offering to these guys? Now, I don't know how they came in. I don't know where they came in from, but now they're here. What can I offer them? What kind of palette of offers do I have? And there, I think I hear a lot of talk about games saying, oh, we have 98 per five, 98% non-payers but saying non-payers is that really a term for these people i'm pretty sure they're buying something at some point in their lives right they're just not buying what you're selling them and that's a very very different thing like if you think about it, they don't buy at all or no they're actually not buying what you're offering them so they're playing your game so clearly you have something that they think is a is a valuable experience so how can you offer them something that they want to buy 
You can look at the packs, of course, you want to sell. But you can also look at the price point. You can look at price elasticity. But most importantly, if some people are confident or comfortable, as you say, with the inner purchase, maybe it's a subscription. Maybe it's a battle pass. Maybe it's something completely different. Maybe it's a physical product that they buy and that gives them benefits in the game. It could be so many things that you have to think innovatively uh, about. And I think that has been for many years the problem that people just label a large group of their players as just people they, they don't have to think about because they are their non-payers. Actually, they are potential customers. Uh, cool. Um, and I think that's a, that's a healthier perspective. Um, so let's let's get a little bit more into um, my description uh, specifically. Um, can you uh, can you please talk a little bit about um, you know the, the the specific problem that that you saw and you wanted to address and you know how how you have done this and and kind of like, you know where you are right now? That, that was many questions in one there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the the, the reason why that Mart and I we founded Multiscription was to help developers monetize the games. And we saw there were so many great games out there that weren't getting the financial success that they deserved because they were struggling with the monetization. And we heard so many game developers say, I just want to make a great game. I don't care about the monetization. So we thought, hey, you know, I'll take you up on that. Why don't we solve that for you? You make a great game. We help you with the monetization. And then, you know, we, everyone's happy. And I think that's that was really the key. And I think when we played a lot of these games, most game developers they don't want to focus on monetization. They they just want to. And they and you can feel that when you play the game, you can really feel that it's almost like cringe, right? They don't really want to do this. So we do that. We help them do that. So for that, we created a, a tool called Unleashed, which is a subscription service tool that the publishers can take and integrate into the game. What that does is that it gives them a way to have a subscription in the game that is linking other games into the same subscription. So as a player, I would sign up through one game. I would see the offer for a subscription, sign up through that game. It's technically through our app, but it's sort of linked. I won't go into that process now. It's, it's actually pretty simple. Um, but it means when you sign up in one game, you get benefits on all the games in the network. We currently have uh, 25 games in the service. And we are we are growing uh, literally uh, every month. We're adding more, more games to it. So that's the first thing. Second thing is we are also helping with the design side. So we have a lot of experience in what what is a good driver for a subscription and what is not. And we help um, developers um, with this. And because they might not have that expertise, it's no different from when people went from premium to in-app purchase. And there we saw that, again, um, people needed help in what, how to create a good in-app purchase. So that's what we're building. Um, we are, as I said, with 25 games, we're signing up uh, publishers. We are we're currently live on Android. We are, we are soon live on, on iOS. And, uh, yeah, that's in a nutshell, the, the service we're building, the, uh, the subscription, basically to give them a tool to, uh, to integrate and to have a subscription service in the game. And the, the usual question I get is, why don't I just create my own subscription service instead of going with you guys? Um, and we say, that's totally fair. You can do that. But again, this is the now comes the, the player perspective, which is really what I'm championing a lot. If I'm a player and I'm seeing a subscription for one game, it's hard to justify compared to all other subscription services I see out there 
which has lots of content. Like you can't listen to all the songs on Spotify. You can't watch all the shows on Netflix, etc. And you can't play all the games on Apple Arcade. It's just, there's so much. So that's why I say um, you need to team up with others. And this is what we're doing again. We're, we're creating this network of game publishers who are working together to, to, to offer a really relevant product and service to the player. It's also a bit of a, I would say, um, as I said, especially with these new services, Netflix, Apple, Arcade, and Google Play Pass, I mean, the, these guys are publishers, right? And they are, they are, and two of them even own the platform. So they are really guarding uh, or walling off the service from others. And that means you'll be left out. And if you can't get into those services, what you're going to do? You're going to be alone on the outside. This is why you team up with other great games. So you have a service that covers all of them. And this is what we can do. This is what we can help. One thing that's important for us is that when you have our service integrated, it's not an all-you-can-eat model where everything is unlocked. Um, we do remove all the annoying ads or banners and decisions. Um, but players can still purchase and then purchase on top. And actually, we encourage that and we encourage the subscribers to the discount. The reason for that is that we want people who really enjoy a game to be able to invest more in it. And you and I, we might not enjoy the same game, the game, the same game equally. So I might be really into the game. It's my main game, and I don't mind paying whatever twenty dollars a month for thirty dollars a month. I I love this game. We even pay more heavily, pay that. But you don't want to do that. So we don't we don't want to set the price point high. So we set it very low. So we create a base so everyone can jump in, and then people can still buy on top of that. For those who really want to want to engage in it, have you um? I uh, have have several follow up questions here. Let's see where this <laughs> um. Let's start in like the competition end. Uh, I think you already talked a little bit about it, but uh, are the other you know players that are also doing somewhat similar or uh, basically trying to address the same problem? I think there's a lot of companies that are are trying to help. Um, there's no one doing what we are doing with this integrated service. Um, there's a couple that have their sort of white label solutions uh, for for uh, for other other stores or subscription stores. There are others that take your game. And put out on um, on other stores in certain territories, and that's all great ideas and great companies with really nice and intelligent people. But that's not really what we are doing. We're the only one who are who are going into the sort of the main market of these games, the main territories, with an integrated and fully flexible model that you can build on top of. We're essentially just another tool in your monetization toolbox. As I say, it's really a trinity. So you can check. Yeah, we have ads. Yeah, we have the, all the ads. We have in a purchase, yeah, we have some, you know, relevant packages. We have subscription, yeah, we just implemented Unleashed, which is the name of our service. We just implemented Unleashed. We have that. Not only do we sell subscriptions through that, but we also get subscribers through that network, which is another big benefit of what we do. Basically, it's free players you get. And to the problem you talked about, about acquiring users so difficult. Well, imagine there was a service out there that gave you users for free, and not only that, when they came into your game, they were already subscribers. They were already pay us to your game. So you're already, you know, making making money. And then essentially, there's a bad way of putting making money on people. You know what I mean, right? They were already sort of putting putting money towards you um, uh, in, in that game. That that's that's what we're building. And uh, yeah, we 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 received so much good feedback. Uh, 
both from from players and from the from publishers as well, and just the industry in general, um, is really embracing what we do, and we're really happy to do that. And I think it's also because we really built to help, right? Our model is to help. We take a very small cut. We take essentially 15% of the revenue that's generated from us. So we think that's um, that's a very fair deal um, for, for, for publishers. Um, and we want to leave the, the majority of the money at the table, of course. So, um, yeah, that's... Um, I think there's not much direct competition to answer your question. Is there, you know, with with this kind of, you know, network here that you you kind of come back to, which is interesting. How is there a certain, let's say, theme? Uh, is it is it created in any way, or are you planning to do it? Actually, I'm. Um, I think the best curators are the players. Um, so I don't want to be. I don't want to decide what they should play. And one of the differences. So we're very open platform. Um, we. We do it. We don't have adult games on there, and uh, we don't have real money gambling. But that's sort of where the boundaries. We have kids' games. We have games for for, for grown ups, and we have everything in between. But I think what what are the what are the differences is between our subscription at least, and for example, Apple. Again, Apple Arcade's great. It's a great offer, but the game you want to play might not be on there. Whereas in our case, it's it's an open platform, so everyone can put their game on if they works together with us of course but it's an open tool so that means there's a much bigger likelihood that your game is going to be there plus because we because we present the offer to the players in the games that means inherently the players are already playing the game that the offer is in so it's instantly relevant to them um the, the, the game that's in there so um um let's uh, let's look a bit to the future then um and and you know again we zoom out and and if you if you take the perspective of of, you know the game maker um and you're you're getting started now um maybe you know just raise some you know some money um but but your release is is is, is still something a little bit more in the future uh you know what what other kind of changes in the market that you think would happen that you need to to start thinking about already now so you're not you know strategizing your you know around yesterday or or even today but you're really you know you're really you know trying to to use that old you know Wayne Grefsky quote, you know, you need to... Yeah, yeah, get to where the puck is going. You, yeah. don't, you don't want to, you know, skate to where the puck is, you want to skate yeah, to where the yeah. puck is going. Yeah, I think that's... Um, I think there's still going to be lots of different avenues for you to take. I still uh, I still think there's going to be a place for the uh, quick fire, you know, quick game, the so-called toilet gaming, right? The very quick uh, sessions. Um, there's still going to be a place for that. I don't think it's going to necessarily be through um, downloading lots of individual games. I think it's going to be a more, how to say, uh, collected experience with that. So I think that that's something I, especially with the new, as I said, the, the tracking, I think that, that will go away, that you have having 50 small two-minute games on your phone. I think that's that's gone away. I think mobile web is very important, very interesting. Uh, something that will happen, uh, change a lot. I think I would probably uh, not be too. Um, I think there's, there's lots of change now about the, the old platform payments. I'm not sure much will change um, with that. Um, just for everyone to catch up, it's that uh, well, Google and Apple will be allowing off platform payments uh, in the near future. Um, at least that's 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 the sort of the the, the claim right now. Um, 
but I'm not sure I was going to make a lot of change because what I'm hearing is that developers and publishers are talking about how they can get a bigger pie, piece of the pie. Like, so they can only, you know, they can, they can essentially charge, charge the same for the, to the user, but claim more. Again, taking, taking the user perspective, which is where I come from, I don't see why I would want to go off platform to a website I might not trust, to a service I might not trust, put in my credit card number, create an account, and not save a lot. You say, okay, then you put in 10% saving. That's fine. But if you, if you sell a, a $1 in a purchase, you save 10 cents. Is that going to make you take out, you know, find your wallet, put in your credit card? I don't think so. And lots of other reasons. So I think I would not be too, um, it's, it, there will be some things happening. People will solve it, but I don't think that's going to happen a lot. I would say the, what I would suggest to anyone is build persistent experiences and build something that you can you have your live ops on that you can create something around and you can keep alive and go away from the sort of um, the, the one-off IPs and all that. Build something that's uh, that's last and build it more as a as a service. Um, I think that's going to be you see it now, but I think going down now it's, it's going to be even even clearer. Yeah. Any um, any final thought on on your own, let's say entrepreneurial career? If you would if you would start. Um, you know, my description today, uh, is there something what I've done different? Um, it's interesting. First of all, um, we probably started our subscription a bit too early. Uh, we started like a year and a half too early. So um, we were spending a lot of time educating the industry on subscriptions and everyone's saying subscriptions, what? Now people are talking about which subscription to choose. So I would say you might have a great idea, but I think, you know, you might, you might work a bit, you know, uh, on the side where you have another job before you jump in and do it. Make sure the timing is right. I think that's the first thing. Second job, thinking about my own career, I've always done a lot of things, but this is the first time I founded a company like this with uh, the backing of, uh, you know, great investors and uh, just, you know, everything and then this scale. And I was 40 when I did that. Like, I think I, I keep bringing up uh, now, now, Notch and Minecraft has not been mentioned so much more, but I keep bringing it up. He, he was three years at King be- before he, um, I think that was King, he was at them. I think he was even making, uh, so he's making Match 3 games for three years before making Minecraft, right? And I think if you're a young person, um, go work somewhere, build up some experience, try out different things, build a network of people that you can draw on because you're going you're gonna to draw on a lot of people when you start your company. So, so do that. Don't think that you have to start straight out of university with whatever idea you just had there. And secondly, for those who are in the late 30s, early 40s, whatever, even oh, 50s, what do I know? It's not too late. Start, start, start a company. You have all the network. You have all the experience. Um, it's going back to the roots a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really recommend that. Just you know. Don't uh, don't think it's something you do in the early twenties. You can always start a company. I think that would be a, a bit of thoughts on my own career at least. Well, thank you so much for adding also um, entrepreneurial angle to this. Uh, you know, here in the end, and um, uh, you know, again, you know, thanks for thanks for today. Um, I think this was a great theme. And in the end of the day, you know, game studios are businesses. And if you don't make any money, you don't have any business. So yes, even yes. though we have a tendency to talk about so many other things around. Around you know making games, you know this is obviously an extremely central part of 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 a long term success. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It was really fun. All right, thank you so much, and thanks for listening. See you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, you know what to do: share it in your social media, 
so more people can take part and learn. And one more thing, check out Favro Academy on favro.com for many more learnings. Thanks for tuning in.